Yes, my girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. A look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking, and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens, by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating, and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls! Good morning and happy Sunday, Con. Good morning, Annalise. You're looking really fresh for someone who's been vomiting and pooing for the last week. Just vomiting. Thanks very much. Okay. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, you don't poo. <laughs> <laughs> just, just vomiting. But um, you've had a huge week as well, launching your mum tum pants. Yeah, Sashi. they sold out. They sold out overnight. That is such a shame. Cause I don't even how... need the free advertising on this radio show. <laughs> <laughs> but look how amazing I'm looking. Are you wearing yours? I'm wearing mine too. So thin. <laughs> Um, so, Con, I've heard that you're in a bit of a, a debacle with your insurance and your upcoming pregnancy and birthing. Yeah, my private health insurance. Yes. I'm terrible at paying bills. That's why my electricity gets cut off. That's why <laughs> all these things happen. My bank account's always zero, so they're trying to direct debits and nothing comes out. They just cancel your... Yeah, so I don't have any private health insurance. So anymore. today we're going to explore the difference between public and private because for having babies, having babies because it's such yep. a huge thing, and we've got it's some huge. women who've had both, and we're going to explore it and talk all about it. Yeah. Um, but next con, we're going to continue with our Queen It Forward movement, which is Yay. our lovely little warm and fuzzy um, paying it forward movement that we're trying to get off the ground globally. Globally, why not? <laughs> we aim high. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. This week, Con, I had the worst gastro I've ever had in my life, I think. I mean, you know when you literally feel like you're going to die? Um, yeah, and also I had you on loudspeaker in the car and Denim was worried that you might be clinically depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, dude, she gets like this when she's hungover or sick, like... <laughs> If I was in the same state, I wouldn't even be on the phone to her because I'd be scared she's inviting me over. <laughs> so anyway, I had, I had, the night before I'd had the entire neighbourhood at my house for Halloween and so I had all these people at my house then at two in the morning woke up just vomit, vomit, vomit. Oh, how horrendous. It was really horrendous and I had to then message everyone the next day and say, you know, I know you're all at my house. <laughs> and By the way, eating the I food didn't that wash I touched. My hands all day, and um, I think I've poisoned you all. <laughs> Just you know, like, I like to do that courtesy of sorry if this uh, is a now an oh, outbreak God, yeah. situation. And then I had all these beautiful mums that live all in my area. They were like, okay, great, I'll pick up your kids from daycare. And I had someone rock up with you know Hydrolyte, Panadol. Someone even offered to make me a cup of tea. This is a new that's friend. A, do you know what? Like a that's so amazing because. I stay away from people with gastro. I wouldn't go near your kids. If you were like, I've got gastro, can you pick my kids up? I'd be like, no, they've probably got it too. They just don't have symptoms yet. Rank, do it yourself. I can't deal with gastro. It's my one fear. It's literally the the worst. Your kid's got green snot. I'll use my bare hand to clean it for Mm. them. I don't care. Gastro, back off. I know. And all these beautiful women were coming. And so it just reminded me of our hashtag Queen It Forward movement. Yes. Yes, which is Yeah, which is like, you know, we talked about it last week about just doing something nice for other people for no other reason. Yeah. And we chucked it out on the Queen Sesh Facebook and we asked for some more stories, any updates. And there was this really um, interesting, amazing one from Kimberly. She said, I snapped my two front teeth off in childbirth. Whoa. What? I know. How? 
Okay, she well, must have been chewing on that gas. Well, no, that's what because I, I read further down in the comments because someone asked her, and it was apparently she chewed down on the gas thing with her two front oh. teeth instead of the back ones. Poor love. Anyway, she said so. Yesterday, I bit into an apple, broke it, and the tooth bit fell out of the replacement plate that she has. So with no super glue, I legged it to my neighbours. One didn't have any. She jumped straight in the car to buy some. Another one ransacked her house and found some. I'm very grateful to my lovely neighbours, my wonderful queens. I'm actually more intrigued by the fact that you can super glue a tooth back on. No, this is a plate. She had a replacement. Even plate. still, <laughs> like super glue. Well done. They they were there to help. Hashtag Queen It Forward. I think it's something. There's something to be said about neighbours, and yes. we're going to be talking about Ooh, it a little bit later. At the moment. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. Now, and anyone who's read my book knows that I've had some pretty up and down birthing experiences. Yes. I. The first baby I ever had was in a public hospital and it was the worst experience of my life. Like you have to read the book to get the full understanding, but I was treated terribly. I was just in absolute agony. I was left in the room covered in my own blood for hours without anybody coming to see if I was okay while my daughter was rushed off in an ambulance to go to another hospital because she was premature. But I had post-traumatic stress. I woke up gasping for air for the next week, scared that I was back in that situation. It was the worst. And so when I fell pregnant again, so I decided to get on private health insurance and be able to choose a doctor and have a real plan because they didn't even read my birth plan. Mm. So, um, And you're, you're talking about that extra level of cover, which is not just private, but it's the pregnancy cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pregnancy, so that I can have a baby in a, public, in a private hospital. So then I went to have my next baby in a private hospital and with Dr. Love, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> who, I, who looked after me so perfectly and beautifully and he said, if you don't want to feel anything, you won't feel anything because I told him how anxious. I was. The nurses were so amazing when they handed me over when someone's shift was ending. She said to the other nurse, now Constance gets very bad anxiety. She's had a bad experience. So we're just making it as calm and lovely for her as we can. No judgment. No, you know, it was just, I felt nothing. Uh, My son was placed on my, on my boobs after I gave birth to him. And it was the most beautiful experience of my life. So needless to say, when I went to have the twins, I went back to him Mm. and had another amazing experience. Now my private health I have, like, obviously not paid it because I've had no money in my bank. Not that I have no money, but it's the different bank account. And, you know, when you just forget, like, because you change bank accounts. and you wouldn't have had that extra pregnancy cover. If you're not planning on another well, baby. Well, I just never cancelled it. Oh, I just never bothered cancelling. I don't okay. cancel things in me. <laughs> I'm terrible. Money just comes out of my account. I don't even know what it's for. Okay. And, yeah, and so I just thought that I still had it, but I contacted them and they said, you haven't had it since April. And I was like, oh, mm. can I reinstall that? Mm. And they were like, no. <laughs> you can, but you can't have a baby. And I was like, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. So now I have to go public and I'm terrified. I went public for both of my births, but I had really easy labours and pretty normal. No, I wouldn't mm. say easy, sorry. <laughs> That's ridiculous. No, you did. But I you had did. normal. You, There's nothing. I don't remember. No, no medical didn't. emergencies. It was just very, no, they, they said normal. They classified as normal. And there's such a big price difference. And I had a look into it. For private, even with the extra level of, pre- mm. of pregnancy cover, you're looking at eight to 10 grand out-of-pocket cost with all the Is appointments, it- scans, everything all up. As a, as a total sum. I don't know. I guess because you pay for it so slowly, you know, and I yeah. was working hairdressing 
for myself at the time, so cash flow wasn't as much as wasn't that terrible. This is the Queen Sesh. We were just discussing private hospitals versus public hospitals for giving birth because I'm having this terrible debacle where I don't have private health insurance anymore, and I'm totally not a snob going ill public hospital. It's not like that at all. I've had a really bad experience giving birth publicly with a lack of pain relief, and I wanted to hear from other women and hear if um, anyone else had a similar experience or a different experience. So we've got some callers on the line. Yeah, we've got Eva from South Australia. Tell us about your experience. Hi there. Um, Hi Eva. Yeah, I had my first bub when I was 22 and went through public and that was great because I had my own midwife We went through the midwifery care system and she lived nearby and could take bloods at home and that sort of thing and that was lovely because it wasn't mm. a high-risk pr- pregnancy. But then sort of 10 years later when I had my second bub and third bub, I've got an underactive thyroid, Hashimoto's and that sort of thing and it was more high-risk so I went private. I think just the quality of care is there more with private. The care was just more there and um, seeing the Yeah, a little more hands-on. Like yeah, just, yeah. I feel like that it's the extra comfort so they give you to make sure you're comfortable. They make, You know, like I think that medical-wise you are really well looked after in the public system whereas like if you do require that, like I need that little bit of extra uh, reassurance because I'm that real worried, anxious kind of person and I think that's that level that that's where you, you hit the mark with private maybe. Thank you. Eva and we've got Claire from New South Wales. Tell us about your experience. Private, public, what happened with you? First was surprises. I was 24 and went public, sort of a bit scary. First kid, you don't know what you're doing. So into labour, 15 hours, emergency Caesar and um, wow. woke up a few hours later and put into a room with, with four other women. It was just, it was like a train station. It was absolutely horrendous. Second one, um, it was great. Different hospital, public again, completely different experience. Amazing, natural birth, midwives were incredible, all good. Get home a week later and I've hemorrhaged. So, oh. darling, husband, I said, what do we do with the baby? I said, what do you think we do? She comes with me. Like, I'm breastfeeding. She has to come with me. So he's stressing out. But they were incredible. So back in there... DNC blood transfusion as well oh I had to have goodness. and a week later. So Thank you so much, Claire. Uh, we also have Sam from Victoria. Sam, tell us about your experiences. Hello. I had my um, first son in a public hospital and I wanted to go all natural and no drugs and, you know, all of that, have a midwife and not have an obstetrician and... Anyway, things didn't quite go to plan and I ended up being sent home the next day after I had the baby um, because they were the hospital was quite full and they were rushing me out the door. You're fine, you're fine. And then about three days later, I collapsed with severe hemorrhaging. Oh, no. And was raced back to hospital in intensive care for two weeks. I didn't get to have my baby with me. It was very traumatic. And after that, when I had my next two children, I decided that um, it would be better to go private. And I must say that I had one of my children in Perth, and I believe I had the same obstetrician as Connie. Dr. Oh, Dr. Love. Love. Dr. Love. <laughs> Did you love Dr. Love? <laughs> I love Dr. Love, but it Me was so too. funny when I read your book about the hands because when I first met him, <laughs> I looked at my really husband and when we, walked, when we walked out, my husband said, those hands aren't going anywhere near your This is the Queen Sesh. We were very, very <laughs> perplexed, weren't we, Con, when we heard about the Block's next renovation project. <laughs> More than perplexed. More than perplexed. So it's the Gatwick Hotel in St Kilda in Melbourne. And if you are not a Melbourne local, 
and you're not aware of it, it's basically, it has been dubbed the worst hotel in Australia. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'd say that. No. I so much St Kilda, St Kilda quality. Look, there was many a crime that took place there. Yep. But it really took us back to our glory days, didn't it, Con? Oh, absolutely. I'm actually really sad that the Gatwick no longer exists. Not yeah. that we ever went there. Let's clear that up to everyone. <laughs> no, but when, when but we were... the end of an era. It is. And when we were, like, young and in our glory days, living in yep. St Kilda, we ruled... Loving St Kilda. Fitzroy Street. We actually oh, thought totally. we ran the place. Yeah, we thought we were the mayors. <laughs> <laughs> now we're the queens <laughs> And not of St Gilda <laughs> But yeah, it was just such a, a cool place Fitzroy for, Street For some of the predominantly can be like kind of dangerous When I was growing up and I was really young we, My dad lived on Fitzroy Street And it was a, quite a dangerous area But to me, St Kilda's always felt so safe and mm. so homely. And, you know, when I'm not around that sort of environment, I feel more unsafe. Like, I just love, I love St Kilda. Yeah, it's got such a good vibe. But do you mm. remember when um, I used to live just off Fitzroy Street in, in my first apartment and you were nudge? That was another nudge scenario where you didn't actually live there, but you stayed there most but nights. But I was always there, yeah. 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 And do you remember that we actually had someone break in while we were sleeping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Your mum was at our house as well. Wasn't that, isn't that just the worst thing? No wonder why I have issues sleeping on my own. But so many dodgy things happened back then because, yeah. you know, like we slept with the doors wide open and we were just like, te- we were train wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> we were a bit of train wrecks. And it was a really dodgy apartment block as well. It was a big, like, flat, so it was really, mm. it, we may as well have been the Gatwick. Yeah. In fact, I think the block is buying it in 2019. That's my girl. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girl. And Con, still to come on the sesh, we are talking about daddy moons. Daddy moons. That's <laughs> a foreign, foreign idea for me. Well, it's a new, it's a new thing, and um, you know, maybe we'll organise one for your partner, Denzi, because you're pregnant. Right. He can go it's, off on his own with his. Yeah, mom. that seems fair. And, <laughs> Yeah, cool. And coming up next, we'll be talking to the beautiful Sarah from Rafiki Mwema, the foundation that I support and um, and that the Queens have done a huge, big fundraiser for last week. Yes, Can't wait to speak to Sarah. And find out how much money we've raised. Yes. Very <laughs> excited. I, I love you. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. Now, Annalise, almost a couple of years ago, I had the pleasure of being introduced to a charity, and I hate that word charity because it sounds so slimy and then mm. anything but, um, called Rafiki Mwema, who is a who's a charity that, based in Kenya, and they look after sexually abused, predominantly were looking after just sexually abused girls and housing them and therapeutically um, bringing them back into, like, um, society. They're coming from, like, places of, of, like, you know, torture and abuse and neglect and and this beautiful company, com- let me do that again. And this beautiful organisation is like just selflessly looking after them. And it's run by women who are working 40-hour weeks to look after these kids. And I was lucky enough to be, to become part of the Rafiki with my family. And I fundraised um, through my Facebook page. The Queens on my page raised like 
dollars to build a home so that they didn't have to have the girls in rent in rental accommodation anymore, something secure. They um they built a we also built like a little house for the little babies that come in so they didn't have to go straight to the mm. big loud. It was amazing and um we decided we worked so well together, we all loved working together, we were gonna do heaps more stuff together in the future. We donated a dollar of every book because Rafiki wanted to open their doors to the boys of Kenya as well. Mm. The um they were on the streets, they were addicted to drugs, they'd been raped, they'd been subjected to all kinds of abuse and um, so they wanted to do the same for the boys and so we raised enough money for that with the book sales and now the recently they came to me and they said we've just fall, like, fallen short so much, so many things have happened, so many added expenses have come up, can we fundraise again? Of course. Mm. So we did it last week and we were aiming to get $100,000 that um, Rafiki and Wema desperately needed to stay on track and we got over, at the moment it's sitting over $180,000 and it was honestly the the best day of the year for me. Like I just love, love, love everything yeah. that I do with Rafiki. It's it sort of makes everything worth it. All the other crap that we get put up that we put up with. So on the line we've got Sarah, who is the co-founder. Now Sarah is not in it for the attention. She hates being interviewed. <laughs> so I think we can all be very grateful that she's joined us today. Thanks, yes, Sarah. So be kind. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you, babe? Um, yes, I'm great. I'm great. Nervous. You know what I'm like. Yeah. Um, tell me, Sarah, just quickly, can you tell um, can you tell our queens a little bit about our beautiful children in Kenya? Yes. Um, we have 70 children at our houses now. We've got four houses, mm-hmm. uh, one of them built by Constance and her queens called the Queen's Castle. The other for our small girls, we just call that house Rafiki Mwema. And we have two rental houses in town in Nakuru for our boys. Um, Thanks to Constance's uh, personal donation of $166,000, you know, I need to toot your horn, Constance. Um, yes, that's building- actually that's why we got you on. To be honest, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Um, we're building the King's Castle on our farm, um, which is incredible. So we'll bring the boys from town where it's not as safe, and it's you know more tempting for them to run away and go back to town where the drugs are. Mm. Um, they'll be safe on our farm, and we'll have everyone um, all on the land. We also have about a hundred. It's like 130 kids um, who have returned home that we check on every single week. So we've got seven staff that all they do is check on the kids who have left our home and make sure that everything's okay. We pay their school fees if they need. We pay for their lunch. We pay for the mother to have surgery. You know, there's always a bill for all of those kids that live out of home. So, yeah, we were running short of money big time. And It just seems to grow the expenses, don't they? It does. With all those kids and the college fees, you know, some are going off to college and it's just unbelievable the the amount of money that is needed. Um, Well, I guess it is believable when you think of how many kids we've got and we're we're paying for court fees and surgeries and and everything that comes with that. So um, this money has literally been a godsend. It's amazing. And so beautiful. I I looked at all the, um, you know, people, you know, putting how much. Some people it was $8, $10. You know, people saying, here's 20. I'm so sorry it's not more. It's it's not about how much. It's it's what you can. Yeah, it's about the bulk of people donating what they can. The more people that donate, the better, rather than only the people that can afford a hundred dollar donation. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I a lot of people because the site crashed because there were so many people going to it again. Um, we had a lot of offline donations, so going right through direct through the website. So they would come through to me via email. So I had to check them one by one, and there was about fourteen hundred emails I've wow. gone through. And you know, some of the donations I've got them all handwritten down because I added them up and added to total. They were like. 
three dollars eighty or seven dollars forty, a dollar, yeah. you know, a dollar fifty, and someone's done it for two dollars a month, and they're saying this is all I have. It's not much, but, but it's, it's so better important. than doing nothing. I mean, all yeah. of these people. There's so many people out there who probably haven't given two dollars because they don't think it would make a difference. But you yeah. think of fourteen hundred people giving me three dollars? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. And I, like, so I have over a million people on my Facebook, and everybody always says, "If we got everyone to give a dollar, yeah. you know, we could change things forever." Yeah. But um, got, do you know what I found interesting? Idea. Yeah, <laughs> no, you can you can still donate. Um, <laughs> what I found interesting was that you told me the other day that we need a minimum of twenty thousand dollars every month to, to keep Rafiki afloat. That's wow. right. That's that's how, right. How I'm, many um, how many sponsors would that be? Um, at the mo- we have a, at the moment we're probably making eleven thousand a month from the sponsors that we have. Let me wow. just go twenty thousand divided by fifty because I didn't finish school is four hundred. 400 sponsors per month paying $50 a month. But that's if they were doing the child sponsorship. You know, people can sign up for a dollar a month just to go towards the running cost. It doesn't have to be $50. That just enables them to have a connection with the kid and they get the update and so on. Yeah, I think we need. Um, we, well, I reckon we can get four hundred sponsors. Mm. Yeah. Surely we've had. Well, I've got it. We've had loads of people sign up for sponsorship since you did that page as well. And Fantastic. we have so a lot of people who have donated the five dollars or so on have opted to make that um, weekly or monthly. So I'm yet to add up those totals to see how many new reoccurring donors we've got. But as soon as I know, I'll let you know. Yeah, well, kind that's of, yeah, that's what we want eventually, isn't it? To just be a self-sufficient like place yeah. where we can, yeah, we can just we don't need to worry every month how we're going to get shoes for the boys and yeah, all these things exactly. that they just deserve, don't they deserve it all? Yeah, so and they sweet. were thrilled. I mean, with this money, we were able. They've been needing shoes for a long time, and now we we're able to say, okay, take them to the market so they can shop for their very like they can get their own shoes. Before we were going to the markets and just getting the cheapest you know, best quality we could get. And yesterday they got to go to the markets and I sent Constance some photos, which they're on my Instagram now as well, of them with their new shoes and they are just so cool. Yeah, very cool. (laughs) Sarah, thank you so much. Con, you are literally a one-woman walking telethon. It's amazing (laughs) what you can achieve and what the beautiful community on your page can achieve. And, Sarah, what you guys do is absolutely amazing. You're walking angels on earth, so thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Of course, love you. We're going to be putting it up on the Queen Sesh Facebook page, how you can um, join up, sponsor, whether it's a dollar, whatever you you can. Um, It's a great charity and organisation to be involved with and a family to be a part of as you've experienced, Con. Yeah. All right, and if you or anyone you know are suffering from sexual assault or domestic violence, please reach out to 1-800-RESPECT. They offer a 24-hour counselling service. This is the Queen Sesh. Con, I read an article which I think you'll be so excited about <laughs> because you're currently pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know how... Did the, did the burp I just did in the, mi- in the microphone <laughs> give that away? <laughs> <laughs> And, okay, so we've got our honeymoons that we go on after we get married yep. and then there's a little trend where we go on baby moons. So we go away with our partner just before yep. the baby comes as our last little hurrah of being a couple. But now the latest trend, daddy moons. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> where dads go away with their mates, kind of like a little second bucks party. Before the baby comes. <laughs> I was reading like guys are going away to Las Vegas and they're like, oh, but, you know, we're not taking it as far as we did for our bucks. You know, the pressure's not on. They get strippers because they're having a baby. No. <laughs> Just this a boys is weekend. 
Oh my God, not for me. Denzi won't be getting a boy's weekend. I've never been a fan of wetting the baby's head. My friends have babies and they're like, oh God, I'm so sleep deprived. My boobs hurt. And I'm like, well, where's David? And they're like, oh, he's out partying because they have to wet the baby's head. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry? What? What? What is this baby man stuff? I don't understand. What about when after this? I've always thought that after nine months of pregnancy and sobriety, we should be able to hand the baby over to the fathers and go away from a week and just get to know our body again and be happy that we're, you know, we've got our body back, we've got our life back. Of course it never happens, as if it's going to happen. Even just like after giving labour, giving mm. birth, can, we, can I have a night's sleep? Just yeah. one night's sleep. But no, enjoy your daddy moon, have fun. <laughs> I actually, do you know what, I would rather that someone went on a daddy moon than wetting the head because at least you're pregnant, you can't have fun anyway, so you may as well send them away, let them have fun, and then no wetting of the head when the no. baby actually comes no, out. No, they don't get a daddy moon either, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the majority of pregnancies, like, people have already got one kid anyway as well. Yeah. So, like, if you want to go on a daddy moon, that's fine, but you're bringing the kids. <laughs> Okay, Family it's going to be a daddy moon. and kid moon. Yeah, well, <laughs> mum gets her nails done. Yes, okay, yeah. let's, let's make it a thing. It's the yeah. family moon minus mum. And then you can see, beautiful men out there can see how much we enjoy holidays with children. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. And Annalise, I know I'm so late to the party and because I didn't watch The Bachelorette, no one gives a flying rat about my opinion on The Bachelorette. Bachelor- I can't even say it. Bachelorette? Bachelorette. I Bachelorette. Care. Do you? Yeah, tell Because me I am so sick of watching this lovely new couple mm. who should be a budding romance and seem to be quite in love getting hounded. It's painful for me to watch. Why interview someone if you can't give them com- basic respect? Mm. And I've just thought, why are Sophie and Stu doing this? Why haven't they just walked out? See, my publicist is amazing. I said to her, I don't know if I want to do that. What if they're mean to me? She goes, well, then you walk out. It's live. They'll, they'll yeah. The ones will have to pay, and I thought, great. But Sophie just sits there like a dignified, lovely woman, and he just cops it. And I just think, what's wrong with the country? Mm. What's wrong with everyone? They're clearly still together. Why would they lie about it anyway? It's just everyone's thing was, oh, on the project, they didn't have chemistry. That's what they're basing it off because they did all these radio interviews the day after the finale aired, and then they went on the project. Now, Con, if you had been with your partner, Denzi, for 14 hours doing back to back interviews and being asked the same, ridiculous questions about your relationship and your life? I would be like, yes, yes, we'll lead Ali. Yes, we've had a great day. Do not touch me, Denim. <laughs> Get back. And I'm really happy to be. I said. <laughs> exactly. Who would look loved up with chemistry and in love after 14 hours? And, and since when did we all become experts on what chemistry and love looks like? <laughs> you know? Like, I, I was shocked to see all these experts go, you know, body language experts saying that I thought they looked fine. They were respectful of each other. They looked tired. They probably just couldn't wait to get into each other's arms and be off these stupid shows. <laughs> Whether you're together or not, Soph, we got you, girl. This is the Queen Sesh. And we're wrapping up the sesh. And we like to finish on Queen Vice, which is advice for queens. And we have a real treat this week, don't we? Queen? Oh, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't introduced you yet. I was wondering yet. when you were going to pipe in. <laughs> Get back in your box. It's Christian Hull. You would have seen him popping up in your feeds. His hilarious videos. Sometimes he appears as a woman in terrible wigs. 
uh, which she oh, is hurtful, today. Hurtful. <laughs> so welcome back to the Queen Sesh lifestyle expert, Trish. Oh, hello, darling. Sorry, I'm just getting my turmeric latte. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, the little run boy here is divine, isn't he? <laughs> can be. Okay, so last week, Trish, we scared a lot of our listeners because we had a sexologist on to chat to us about why people cheat. And a lot of people messaged us very scared. So we thought, naturally... We thought of you as an expert. <laughs> to uh, cheat someone- or not to cheat? <laughs> no. And so- someone that we can reach out to for advice and tips on how to keep our marriage and our relationships alive. Without oh, yes. cheating, Trish. <laughs> without well, look, cheating. look, he came to me with that problem and it is very hard to be mm. faithful, I will say. There's a lot of hot <laughs> men out there. Um, some of us in the studio can relate to, uh, to that. My three tips to spice up a love life. Tip number one, it's all about learning and just engrossing yourself in your partner. Uh, okay. Tip number two, yep. we, we all kept up. Okay, so we've got, uh, we've got tip number one out of the way. Yep. Now, learning. Once you've, yep. Yep, once you've learned everything, then it's time to really experiment. Now, experimentation oh, is key. Now, I'm not talking in the bedroom. Okay, I'm talking God. bring your partner into the kitchen where he's probably never been before. Oh. <laughs> right. You show him how to use the oven and you give him a challenge. Now, men love a challenge challenge. Um, Not cooking a meal, but build a meal is what you need to use. The terms, manly terms like building. Go and build me a meal for the family. Construct me a cake. (laughs) (laughs) And then thirdly, if those two points don't work, I suggest maybe going onto Craigslist and just clicking on casual encounters. Okay, that spice things up a bit. You know, a bit of MMF, a bit of FFM, you know, male and male. I don't know what any of these things are. We don't know what they are. FFM. Isn't that a radio station? (laughs) I think you're lying to me. I think you know exactly what those terms are. No, she doesn't. She's actually, she's really, she would Boring sexually. Trish, can I ask you something? Do you have a lover? Because I see you spend a lot of time on your own with your kids. I I would rephrase that. Um, A lover, Mm, yes, uh, several lovers. But yes, look, I've got a few um, and they do different things for me and, you know, it works. Vote yes, everyone. Okay. Vote yes, everyone. I, 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 now You've got I'm, my vote. Now, now I'm reconsidering reaching out to you for this advice, Trish. I don't know. I think you've scared people more. We're going to no. have to rectify this next week. He hasn't scared me one little bit. <laughs> Thank you so much, Trish, for your three Thank tips. Thank you so much, for Trish. For a, um, a healthy back. relationship is unimaginable. <laughs> anyway. Never see you again, I feel, after this. <laughs> <laughs> Live long enough, nah. for my queens. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, baby. That's all we've got time for. Please reach out to us anytime on our Facebook page, The Queen Sesh, and also download the Hit Network app and grab the catch-up podcast later. (laughs) Have a great week, guys. Have a beautiful week, Queens. This is The Queen Sesh.